Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are in the book of Acts, chapter 7. Now, in the Bible, there's a gift called, gift of the Holy Spirit, a spiritual gift, called the gift of wisdom. And what the gift of wisdom is, is that God supernaturally will give you wisdom when you don't have wisdom. Now, the guy we're going to be looking at today, his name is Stephen. Stephen is a man who's known to have wisdom anyway, that he's resident wisdom man. <clears throat> One of the reasons they chose him for the task that they chose him for was because he was wise. He knew how to do things. He knew how to settle conflicts. He knew how to help people get along. He was a wise man. But there's also this gift called a word of wisdom where the Holy Spirit will give you spontaneously the wisdom that you need in the moment that you need it. There's also a gift called the word of knowledge where God can spontaneously give you knowledge that you don't really have learned, maybe things you haven't put together, unless the Holy Spirit gave it to you at that moment. Jesus also said when they persecute you, don't worry about putting together some sermon, uh, but the Holy Spirit will give you the words that you need to say. Well, that's what's happening here in Acts chapter 7. You're going to see this supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit as Stephen gives an answer to the question they're asking him about. Here's the question. It says in the previous chapter, chapter 6, here's the charges. They said, this guy, Stephen, he never stops speaking against the holy place, the temple, and against the law. For we heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, the temple in Jerusalem, and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. And they said they looked at Stephen, and Stephen's sitting there with all kinds of peace. So here's the answer that he gives. And uh, we're not going to be able to look at every uh, verse because it's a big long chapter, but we're going to highlight the big important parts. Remember, what's the charge? He's speaking against the, t the holy place, the holy place. God is going to give him wisdom where he's going to answer the question, where is the holy place? So chapter seven, verse one, then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? Are you speaking against the holy place? And he says, with respect, he says, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The glory of God appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Now, he lived in Mesopotamia. God appeared to him in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia was a place full of idols. It was full of idol worship. They worshiped the sun and the moon and the stars and all of these other things. It tells us in Joshua chapter 20 that Abraham's father was an idol worshiper. So there Abraham was in the land of idols. And what happens? God appears to him there. Wherever God appears to you, that becomes the holy place. That's where God is. So God appears in Mesopotamia already. This guy is like pouring out wisdom. This is the Holy Spirit showing him. <clears throat> I don't know if Stephen even knows where he's going with this sermon yet, where this, with this response yet. <clears throat> but here it is. Here it is. Mesopotamia, the place of idols, becomes a holy place. And God spoke to him there and told him to leave your country and your people and go to a land that I'll show you. Okay. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you're now living, speaking of the land of Israel. He gave him no inheritance here, not even the place where he set his foot. But God promised him that his descendants would, would possess this land. Abraham had no child. God spoke to him. And he said, for 400 years, watch this, for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they'll be enslaved and they'll be mistreated. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. Afterwards, they will come out and worship me in this place. Well, what happened? Where they were slaves, it's there that God built the nation. Where's the holy place? 
It's wherever God is. And here's these people enslaved for 400 years. They're becoming this great nation. And God is speaking to Moses in that place, in the unholy place, in the place of slavery, in the place of bondage. God is making that place a holy place. Wherever God is, that's where the holy place is. They have the idea that God is only in the temple and that's the holy place. Well, where is he? He's in Mesopotamia. He's in Egypt. He's, he's where people are in bondage. And it says that God gave him the covenant, and uh, uh, later he became the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the patriarchs. And because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, uh, verse 9, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. And uh, God rescued him from his troubles. Where did he rescue him from his troubles? In prison. God rescues him from his troubles in prison. When people are forgetting about him, where they're falsely accusing him, the glory of God appears, the presence of God appears in jail and uh, shows himself to Joseph. So where's the holy place? The holy place is Mesopotamia. The holy place is Egypt. The holy place is the place of slavery and bondage. The holy place is prison for Joseph. Then a famine hit all of Egypt and Canaan. The whole family goes down. And there in Egypt, which later on will become the place of bondage for them, God moves. As the time drew near, verse 17, for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people had greatly increased. A new king, whom uh, Joseph meant nothing to, came to power in Egypt, and they dealt treacherously with them. At that time, Moses is born. Where is he born? He's born into the place of bondage in verse 20. Uh, he was cared for, for by his mother. Uh, when Moses is 40 years old, it says in verse 23, he realizes who he is, and God is working in his life, and he wants to be the deliverer, and he kills an Egyptian, and it just becomes a mess. So um, what happens is Moses ends up fleeing to Midian in verse 29. Where's Midian? Midian is just another place. It's not, you know, nothing holy about it. But it's there that God appears to him. After 40 years had passed, verse 30, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of the bush in Midian near Mount Sinai. And when he saw this, he was amazed and he went over to get a closer look and the Lord said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses trembles in fear. Now watch this. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Well, he was a shepherd. And um, if you're a shepherd and you have sheep, you know those sheep drop those droppings all over the place. So he's in a place where there's sheep droppings all over the place. Call it whatever you want to call it, the vernacular you want to use for it. But it's nasty stuff, right? So it's the sheep droppings, and it's there in the sheep droppings that God calls it a holy place. And he tells Moses, take off your shoes and stand here in this sheep droppings. Stand here. And this becomes holy? This becomes holy? Right. Wherever God is, that's where the holy place is. This guy is getting wisdom from on high fast. Verse 33, take off your sandals for the place that you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people Egypt. I've seen their groaning. Well, this is the same Moses who they rejected. They said, you know, who made you ruler and judge? And so Moses goes back in verse 39. It says, our ancestors refused to obey him. Well, this is a picture of God sending the prophets and sending Jesus himself and, and the very people of God not receiving him. Um, so it goes on in verse 44. It says, our ancestors had the tabernacle in the wilderness 
that had been made as God had directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations that God drove out before them. So there's all these heathen nations living in the land where they're going, and that's where God is. That's where the promised land is. Wherever God is, that's the holy place. Now, you jump down, and uh, he says in, in, in verse 45, After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors unto Joshua brought it with them, and remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for God, the temple. But it was Solomon who built the temple. Verse 48, However, Stephen says, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands, as the prophet has said. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will he build for me, and where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And then he says, you stiff-necked people. You see, because God doesn't dwell in temples made by hands. God can be anywhere. Anywhere can be a holy place. Right where you're sitting right now, right where I'm sitting. He said, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors didn't persecute? They even killed the Holy One, the Righteous One. And now you betrayed and murdered Him. You have received the law that was given through the angels, but you have not obeyed it. You have the Word, but you're not obeying it. You have the Messiah in front of you, you're rejecting Him. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, he looked up to heaven he saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. This is bad theology, because in Ephesians it tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But when Stephen, the first martyr, comes in, Jesus stands up and receives him. It's a martyr's welcome. And Stephen said, look, I have seen heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And at this they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They rushed, they dragged him into the city to stone him. Meanwhile, witnesses laid their feet at the... At the, laid the cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. We're going to get to Saul, who becomes Paul, most famous conversion in all of Christianity, in history, really. Verse 58, 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Where do you hear that? Jesus at the cross. Father, into your hands I command my spirit. He's now following that what he had seen and heard about Jesus. And he said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And then he fell asleep. And he fell asleep. And Saul, Paul, was there approving of the killing. Where did he learn that thing? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus on the cross, following, following the Savior, following his Lord, following the Messiah. Wow, this is amazing. The word of wisdom and him following after Jesus and him ending up in heaven, getting a martyr's welcome. Wow. Acts chapter 7, Bible and daily life. Hey, bless you guys.